Welcome to Michael Sees Ghosts. I'm Michael and I see ghosts! Yes, it is one of those spooky, ghostly, killery kind of podcasts. And as you can hear, it's not going to be a very serious one. The reason why is there's so much seriousness in the world and there's a lot of podcasts where you can listen to a very detailed and dark retellings of murders. You know what? We might do it here, but there's always going to be a tint of joke, of fun, because you know what? You can have fun talking about murders, apparently. <laughs> we will see about that. But welcome, welcome. This is the first episode, so you know it's going to probably be shorter than other episodes. We're going to be warming up and seeing what's happening. And today we're talking about the Polish vampires. So today we're going to be talking about one, and it's probably going to be a little series over our next three weeks when we're going to be talking about three Polish vampires. What is a Polish vampire, though? Polish vampire is not necessarily a vampire that, you know, can't see themselves in the mirror, that is allergic to garlic and sleeps in the coffin, at the same time is fond of kielbasa and vodka. No. Polish vampire is a certain type of serial killer from Poland. So vampires were serial killers that targeted mainly women and attacked at night. And there's three different ones that are worth noting in Poland. There is the original one, Vampire of Zagłębie. There is the second one, which was a copycat of the first one. And the third one is more personal because it's a guy who is actually from my town and killed people in my town. And I remember seeing him on the news, seeing the victims on the news, and my aunt's husband actually knew the guy because they work in the same factory. So it is quite wild. So yeah, it's going to be an interesting little series. And again, it's going to probably take about three weeks to go for everything, but we shall see. But before we do that, let me just introduce myself a little bit more because I just want to tell you what I'm all about. I love spooky stuff. I love like ghosts, supernatural stuff. I love murdering. Well, not murdering. I don't like murdering, but I like you know uh, criminal kind of shows and books because I always find them interesting. Because um, there's just so much creativity in like investigating a murder. There's so much stuff you have to think about when you investigate the murder. There's also a lot of the cool supernatural books out there, you know, Stephen King, the god of horror himself. And there's a lot of different ones that I just absolutely adore because there's something so creative in horror genre where a lot of different genres, unfortunately, lack. Um, I just feel that horror is one of the most inventive ones. However, I am not one to believe in ghosts and believe in a lot of a supernatural. I'm a bit of a level-headed person and I do like my facts, uh, which can be a little bit contradiction whenever you're a big fan of ghosty stuff. But that's what we're going to be looking at in this, in this series, in this podcast, is I'm going to be looking at the boundaries of what I believe in and see, you know, if there's something that maybe will help me cross that boundary. Maybe at the end of this podcast, maybe not this episode, but overall this podcast series, I might believe in ghosts. Who knows? But it's, it's not only ghosts we're going to be talking about. And like today, it's all about 
Polish vampire, which is a ser serial killer. There's not much ghosty stuff going on here, but there are some weird mysteries, which we're going to be talking about. So let's begin. Zdzisław Marchwitski. So many call him the vampire of Zagłębie because that's where he that's where he resided. Zagłębie is a place in Poland. It's like a county beside Silesia. I believe I'm not great at Polish geography. I haven't been there for many, many years, but that's from what I remember. He was born in 1927, but he did not start killing until 1965. So, there's a big gap there. This is when he attacked and killed his first victim, Anna Mitzek. People called him a vampire. As I mentioned previously, he killed only at night and only attacked women, like vampires in old tales. He wasn't the only murderer in, in history referred to as vampire, but he was one of the first to get that title in Poland. Probably he's the biggest and most most famous one. His method was always the same. He followed the victim into the night, ran up to them and hit their head with a blunt weapon. Once the victim was down, he beat them until they were dead. He did not kill all of his victims, however, some survived. In total, he attacked 21 women, from which 14 died. I mean, always when I look at stats like this, it's crazy. Like, imagine, like, Attacking one person, no matter 21. It's crazy. Ah, it's madness. And overall, like it's it's one of those things that in today's time probably would be very difficult to do because of surveillance cameras, thankfully. But madness. Imagine those times, there's nothing protecting you. Honestly, it's grim times. Crazy. Vampire's biggest activity was in 1965, where he attacked 12 women, from which 8 were killed. That's just crazy. Despite the place no one covering his activities after this point, there was a nationwide panic and rumors that Vampire's goal was to kill thousand women for the thousandth anniversary of Poland. There was a scary time where women were afraid to go alone at night, which, damn, I'm not surprised. Uh, you know, so they avoided when they could, and when it was necessary, they were usually escorted by brothers and husbands. Uh, on the way home. And it's actually interesting little side story from my own personal life. Well, my grannies, she used to tell me a story where um, during this time, in the late 60s, early 70s, uh, she was she was going home from work at night and there was this uh, like a very dark road and I think it's still, still super dark road. I think beside, I think the train station, maybe? I'm not sure. But or, no, it, I think it was beside the mine. Yeah, so there's a mine, and the mine had a train station. And she was walking past her. And then, when she was walking, she realized there was a man behind her. Like, he, he, he wasn't at the distance, but he was still walking the same way. So my granny, just in case, sped up a little bit. He also sped up. She sped up more. That man also sped up. Until she started running. And then, when the guy caught up with her, it turned out it was her friend who wanted to just help her and escort her. But imagine going through something like this. That would be crazy. Damn. Like, I, I couldn't. I couldn't even imagine this. But it's crazy. Anyway. 
at the time, people were scared, understandably so. So police, uh, you know, created a special task force called Anna after vampires first victim. And they tried to do a lot of different stuff, like lure the vampire by putting out female officers at night, but seemingly with no result. But then, in 1966, vampire killed a wrong person. Well, he shouldn't kill at all, but he killed a Yolanda Gerek, which was a niece of Edvard Gerek, who might, it might mean nothing to you at the, at the moment, but he was a leader of Poland from 1976 to 1918. At the time of the murder, he was not yet a leader of Poland, but he was high-ranking member of Communist Party. This is when the police has really started working hard on the case, because again, Communist Party ruled Poland, so you didn't want to mess with them. If something happened to one of their family members or them, you freaking investigate. There was, an, uh, there was even a reward of 1 million złoty, uh, which is Polish currency, for a person that will be able to lead police to, to the vampire. There was even a, a physiological and psychological profile created for the vampire, which composed of 483 individual features which supposed vampire was meant to have. Based on that profile and various reports from public, uh, police managed to gather a group of 267 suspects, and one of them was Zdzisław Marfitski, which we now know as the Polish vampire. But before they put him behind bars, there was another man that claimed, he claimed himself that he was the vampire. A man named Peter Olszowy. Peter was described as mentally ill. He was a craftsman from Sosnowiec, which is my town. He was one of the people that were questioned regarding the murder of the last victim, Jadwiga Kuchanka, in 1970. But due to lack of evidence, he was let go. Which is quite surprising, but there was, as there was quite a few things that pointed at Peter. One of the most important one was that he had a car, which again in those times was, you know, it was quite unusual, and it was very important part of the investigation, because vampire had to have means of travel, as he was able to kill multiple victims in two different distant locations on the same day. Since the murders were very brutal, it was hard to imagine that he would be able to get on a bus all in blood. Probably pe people would notice. Which is why investigations pointed for the killer to own means of transport. Though some suspected the vampire could have been wearing dangarees, which he could just remove after the murder. Yet none, of, none were ever found, which really seemed unlikely. It seems that vampires also did not wear gloves, so there were a lot of fingerprints. Which is interesting because none of them matched the guy who was convicted as the killer, Zdzisław Marfitski. As such, a lot of pointed to Peter. However, before the police decided to actually go and check his fingerprints, Peter killed his wife and his children and then burned himself and his house down. So fingerprints were no longer an option. Which, again, it's not something that someone who is innocent does. You may ask yourself now, in that case, if, you know, the fingerprints didn't match, there was a guy who actually said he was a killer, how was Gisław Marchwitski actually convicted? It all started with the last victim, Jadwiga Kuchanka, who was Vampire's brother's rival. So, Gisław Marchwitski's brother had a rival, and that was the victim. 
it was a rival at work. It wasn't like a villain, villainy rival kind of stuff. Um, it was something at work, and and most likely uh, she was killed at Jiswa's brother's request. Some believe that this murder was staged to resemble the work of vampire, which you know what it did. You can't imagine that, you know, there's a killer going around killing women and they wanted to get rid of a woman that was causing issues to the brother. Probably the easiest and, and most inconspicuous way to kill her would be to do it in a way that the vampire does, so that everybody blames it on the vampire. So I can see where people are coming from with this one. Either or, Marfitsky brothers were both convicted of murder after a witness came out pointing to Zgiswav as the killer. The witness Miroslava Sarnowska, who pointed at them, um, who pointed them out and said that they were the killers, was later actually killed herself by the copycat killer named Vampire of Bitom, which is going to be the next killer that we talk about next week. Two brothers were sentenced to death, but their sister and her son were also convicted to complicity in planning murder. It's now over 45 years after the vampire's death, and yet still many argue if he was really the killer. And I mean, it is something to think about, because everything pointed against that. Everything. But, <laughs> you know, they decided that he is the killer. I mean, he never really confessed to the murder, and... He was only a suspect due to profiling, which is not evidence in and of itself. And profiling is all often not used now because it doesn't work 100%. Most people do think that it's Peter that was the real killer. But since he killed himself, Polish government had to find someone else, you know, to blame for those murders. Because, again, a high-ranking person in the Communist Party wanted justice. And they wanted to show Polish citizens that if you do a crime, you will be brought to justice. And it's hard to do that when your killer is already dead. That's why a lot of people thought that this was maybe not necessarily conspiracy, but it was just a way of blaming everything on Zgisław, just so they have a killer to convict. Which, honestly, you know, he did kill a woman. We know that, so it does seem that he at least killed one person. Should he have been blamed for all the other murders? I mean, probably not. But at the same time, I think the ending would be the same for him. But yeah, that's Polish vampire Zdzisław Marchwicki. <sighs> it's it's crazy to think about serial killers because they are such a it's such a wild thing to want to kill someone. And especially, you know, do it like so many times to so many people, it, it is it is something that honestly just baffles me. When you think about killing someone like self-defense or something, you can kind of understand it, but just like attack someone like a predator is just sick. And yeah, he met his end, Zdzisław Marchwicki, the Polish vampire. He was one of the first ones, and the guy we're going to be talking about next week, he actually was a copycat killer um, because that's all, always what happens with those killers is someone looks at it and goes like i can do it too uh what can be done what can be done that's the murderers out of the way now on to ghosts and 
What I decided to do in this episode as well, we're going to be reading a creepypasta. Because why not? <laughs> and I decided to go for one of the lowest ranking creepypastas. Because why not? Because I always think some of the worst writing is the best horror. Because the writing itself becomes something that you're afraid of. <laughs> so today we're going to be reading Katrina. Which is a story from June 8th, 2017. <sighs> Let's do it. Late August, 2005, 8 a.m., New Orleans. I woke up to the one of the more, more valuable things I own in my apartment. A crappy alarm clock from a nearby store. I was extremely poor. The apartment wasn't too nice. I had no TV or a car. I lived alone, so it was easy to keep my place clean at least. Even though I was lacking a vacuum. Dude, you know what? I need to stop this. If you don't have a vacuum, mate, I, I couldn't live like that. Oh my god. I got ready for work at the dollar store near me. I walked there once I got ready and got there at 8.50. Fair enough. Or so, to see it was closed. Oh my god. I wish I had known what was coming. The streets were extra busy that day and most places were closed. I never bothered to ask anyone why. Though I wish I had because I wouldn't have had to deal with the monsters. Oh my god. Come afternoon, I was eating a bland sandwich inside my room, wondering why people seemed to have left. I could hear rain heavily pounding outside, but I was used to that every once in a while. Not very many people were still here, and almost no people at all around where I lived. Around 12, I saw in the distance tons of water gushing around the street, going wherever it could possibly flow. Flow? I think flood, he meant. But he said flow. On my way home, I heard people talking about the leaves. Did they break? I mean, this dude, right? Let, let's just analyze a little bit. I have to pause, unfortunately. This dude, right, went to work. It was close. He was like, eh, whatever. He went home and was just eating a bland sandwich and then saw, like, flood going through the streets, just, like, going everywhere. And he was like, eh, whatever. And then he went on with his life. What? <laughs> Oh my god. I immediately went upstairs to the highest point I could, which wasn't too high. The wind was so strong. The water rose fast. Oh, he did actually react to the water. I'm sorry, I'm bad at interpreting this masterful writing. Not long later, the water was very close and I had just fallen from the wind. No warning in the increased speed of it. I just fell into the water before I could realize. <gasps> I immediately went out underwater, a strong current moving me. I closed my eyes. It hurt to have them open with the water forcing me around. I just hoped I didn't hit anything. Almost every time when my lungs started aching, begging for air, I'd go above the surface for a few seconds, only to be pushed back down with a huge force again. At one point, I knew I had little water in my lung. I had breathed it in on accident. Oh no! Once when my head had gone up again, I saw a tree coming up close, and fast. I grabbed it without even thinking about this. The wind was unbelievably strong, but I climbed up the sturdy tree best I could. I stood there for what was probably only five minutes at most, but it felt like forever. I saw a house coming towards me, straight for the tree. There was a section of the floating house that was broken. It looked tough to do but I thought I could possibly jump on it, and I did. 
I landed and hurt my hand and knee, scraping it in the building. I got up. I had made it. I was inside the house. The first thing I noticed was red smeared on the walls. Of course, the first thing I thought was blood. And it seemed to be. Then I saw bloody barefoot prints leading to the downstairs of the house. For clarification, I wasn't in the house attic. I decided to follow the blood trail near the bottom of the stairs. The house trembled, making me fall the rest of the way down in the half-flooded kitchen. I got up, used to being soaked in the cold, bitter water. The water was the smallest bit above my waist, and I'm six feet, two inches tall. Weird brag, but okay. I saw a fridge and slushed my way to it. I was thinking I could stay here and wait it out. I opened the fridge to see that it too had been half filled with water, making most of the food displeasing to even think about eating. I would have different priorities in eating at this point. So I grabbed what I could from the fridge and took it upstairs. I, ha I got half a pack of hot dogs, two Dr. Peppers and an open pack of pepper jack cheese. Amazing. To, to be fair, that sounds like a good meal to me. On the second trip, I looked in the freezer. The only thing in there was a small tub of peppermint chocolate chip ice cream that had little missing from it. Thought it was melting some due to the loss of electricity. Eh, not too bad. I mean, was this written by George R. R. Martin? Because <laughs> the best thing here so far was, was the description of the food. It, I took a third trip down to see if there was anything else in the house, just for getting about the blood. <laughs> oh yes, he, he he grabbed all the food and went upstairs where everything, like the walls and everything was smeared with blood and he was like, ah, oh well. <laughs> okay, okay. I guess I did when I had fallen, even putting the food up there, I still hadn't re-noticed it. So he doesn't notice the blood yet. No, he did originally, but he forgot about it and then he hasn't noticed it. Okay. I left the kitchen through a doorway that led to the living room, oh, with the hallway immediately to the left of the kitchen doorway. There was nothing much in the living room besides furniture, so I turned to the hallway. I saw an odd, stone-white human-like creature with its back to me. I knew it couldn't have been human, though. There were no earlobes. It was so pale, skinny, and hunched in an extremely weird way. To be fair, to me, it just sounds like a gamer. <laughs> he met a gamer and was shocked. I tried to look past it, careful not to move at all. I saw the floating body of a man who was maybe 30 years old or so in the water. The house hit something again and instinctively screamed, alerting the being to my presence. I got up fast as I could and ran back to the stairs, but the water made the retreat very slow. But the creatures waded through the water easily, possibly due to its skinny legs. I felt again from trying to go too fast in the water. I got up again and I saw the front of it better than, than when I was trying to run. It, it had blood or whatever was red on most of its lower face, had sunken black eyes and had no gender. How do you know? How do you know? I had gotten up again and pushed it as hard as I could away from me. And the creature being so skinny and light made that easy. It toppled over in the water easily, but got up easily as well. I was running up, to the, up the stairs and noticed the water had rose few inches, but it didn't matter much. I had only taken half of the next step. When I got the stairs, I looked for a place to hide. I saw a door that most likely led in a, into a room. I mean, if you're on the second floor, I doubt the doors would lead anywhere but a room of some kind. 
but okay. I took it and I found a closet inside. I didn't bother closing the door to the room behind me, which was stupid. I opened the closet door and quietly but quickly closed it. I didn't even want to breathe. I heard it running around on the same floor as me. It was faster on landway more than it in the water. It came into room I was in. I held my breath. It stuck around the room. I was sure it opened the closet. It's a common hiding place. Then why the hell did you go into that common hiding place, dude? <sighs> but I had to remember. This wasn't human. How do you know? I mean... Okay, it was human-like thing without earlobes. Covered in blood. But you don't know if it wasn't human. Let's be honest. It could be just a weird person. There's a lot of weird people around. Okay. Uh, it wouldn't... It wouldn't know that. I don't think. I could hear it leave the room and go downstairs. I slowly opened the door, breathing heavily. It must have been l lock looked under the bed, then left. I think that because there was a blood trail next to the footprints that led from under the bed. Okay? I thought that the man was hiding under the bed in the same room. Was found injured enough to lose such a high amount of blood that by the time they got to the water, there was no blood in the man and very little blood on the creature's feet. My god. I silently went out of the room and grabbed what content of the, of the fridge I had brought up here. I got to drink the melted ice cream, eat some hot dogs and drank one warm flat Dr. Pepper before I he heard sloshing downstairs. I slowly went to check the stairs and saw two of the creatures coming. Oh my god, this dude's priorities, right? He's in a floating house, which, again, how does that even work? He goes down to get food, completely missing the fact that everything is splattered in blood. Then he sees a creature that he believes is a monster. So he runs upstairs, hides in the closet, which he knows he most likely was going to find him. And then once the creature doesn't fight him, so miraculously, she hasn't hurt him, you know, they haven't, like, realized he is in the closet. Awesome. And the first thing he does is goes and has some food. <laughs> oh my god, I'm speechless. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to say past that. Um, okay, but there's two creatures now. I just knew that there was no way I could hide again. They creatures acted similar to feral ghouls of a Fallout 4. Awesome. But looked nothing like one. They were fast, skinny, and relatively clumsy. I retreated to the edge of the gaping hole <laughs> okay, in the house that led outside. I saw them both came up, stare at me for a half a second, then run towards me. I dodged out of the way at this last second and saw both of, both of them fall out. My plan worked, so I thought. I stood there shocked I had actually pulled that off when something grabbed my foot and pulled me down of, of the house. Of course, it was one of them. Well, things. I hit the water hard on my back after a small drop from the house, pulled by a current again. I kept going and going until it hit hard on something in the water. I was being pushed against it. It was hard to swim up because I was stuck between whatever I run into and the un unending force of water. I reached up with my hands and felt something flat connected to whatever I was stuck against. I pulled myself up and looked and took a deep breath. I was on top of some kind of truck, like a large U-hole. 
I had no idea how it was above the water. Sure, only a little of it was. I couldn't even see the cab, but still, I looked around. Just water and debris. The truck was stuck against the building. A hotel or something. Water was still rising. I had to get in. But how? There was a window, but I doubt I could smash it with just my body. As if on cue, a wooden board floated towards me. I thought that I could use it to break the glass. It was hard, sturdy, and new. The glass was new? Or the wooden board? And if it was a wooden board, how do you know that was new? Like seeing it in water. Maybe that's he meant it was new to him because he never had a, like a wooden board before. I don't know. I'm confused. I cracked the glass but didn't break through. It was, I was standing on the edge of the truck searching for something hard, but instead I saw many of the weird creatures swimming, as if it were a normal pool? I don't know. The current had no effect on them. I fell backwards into the glass, breaking it. it. I was surprised I did, but I'm sure it was because the glass had lost integrity from the cracks. I had cuts all over me, but I didn't care. I was in a room for guests. I headed to the door quickly and opened it. I knew I wouldn't be able to go back in, in to escape, but I needed to get higher and I needed to get away from the murderous creatures. I mean, he is assuming that they killed someone. Uh, so far, they had, they're doing a very bad job killing him. Maybe they just wanted to give him a hug. Or has he ever thought about that? I mean, misjudging the creatures. Maybe they were just eating strawberry jam. That's why they have blood on their face. Well, blood. It was jam, not blood, you know what I mean? I found the stairs case and went up high as I could. I couldn't go into the roof. The door to the roof access was locked. Damn it. I stood by the door elevator. They were the only place beside the inaccessible room that was away from the long hallway. I watched the staircase. Hours went by. How many? I don't know. My watch fell off in the water. It was a bad one anyways. I could tell the water had risen more in the hotel. Two elevator shafts were stuck open, and one had an elevator pretty far down, and water now covered the top of the elevator. The other elevator was far down as well, but water hadn't covered it yet. Then I heard a herd of footsteps. My heart sank. It was them. I saw them rise the stairs. Why hadn't they come earlier? It had been hours. And now they come up? Why? That's actually my question as well. Why... Did they not come up earlier? They gained quickly. I think they gained quickly. Uh, I saw what happened to the man. It looked painful. They gained. I could only think of one thing to make sure that didn't happen to me. I walked over to the elevator and as they turned to the corner, I jumped in the one undisturbed by water. Head first. It seemed surprisingly peaceful and seemed to happen in slow motion. I think I saw two or three follow after me. I hit the top of the elevator and was instantly gone. At least I wouldn't have to see them anymore. They were made for the water. Meant for it. I'll never see them again, thankfully. Unless there's water. In hell! Ah! Oh my god. It was it was a crazy little story. Not gonna lie. Uh, <laughs> so, he... Right, let, let's recap this story because I want to have it properly in my head. So this dude, right was just going to work, work was close. Apparently everybody knew about the flood except him. Um, so when the flood happened, he was shocked. He was brought by the current into a like floating house where first thing that he had 
his first thought in his head was, I'm hungry. So he went downstairs, got like things from the fridge, brought it upstairs, ignoring blood painted all over the walls and ceiling. Um, then he went again, got more food, then went again, and then saw a crazy creature. The creature then didn't even try to kill him. Like the creature didn't do anything to him, didn't make any weird noises. It just looked weird. And then he went upstairs, hid from it. The creature didn't see him. And then the first thing he had thought, let's have some food. <laughs> then the, there was two creatures that were trying to and uh, trying to kill him, or so he thought. Then he was like stolen by the current to a hotel. I thought he was like, okay. So he went. He was stolen by the current. Stopped on the truck, and then I thought he was trying to break the window of the truck, but he actually tried to break the wing of the hotel. Then he went upstairs and was trying to go under the roof, but it was locked, and then he was sitting there for hours, but I'm so confused. Honestly, I, I just don't know what to talk, uh, what to say about this. And, yeah. I mean, brilliant. So that's Katrina. Don't know what's called Katrina. Is it, is it because of that, that hurricane back in the day? Let's see. Uh, hurricane, hurricane Katrina. Which year was it? Was in? Hurricane Katrina. And that was 2005. Okay. So who knows? This might be just real events. I don't know. I never looked into this. Was was there was there any creepy people in there, or creepy monsters during Katrina? I don't know. But yeah, that was an interesting story. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Thank you very much. Um, Nathaniel Boykin. Honestly, you know what? All jokes aside, I kind of like the concept. Uh, maybe the actual way it was made wasn't great, but the concept is interesting. I hope Nathaniel is doing some great things. Who knows? He might be the next Stephen King. We don't know. We just don't know. But yeah, guys, this is all for today's episode. It was a little bit shorter, but it is. We're testing waters. So thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the real murder story of the Polish vampire and his evil acts, as well as us reading Creepypasta. We're going to try to strike a balance in this series. Uh, we're going to try to do a creepypasta or weird, like, supernatural story and a real murder in every episode. Unless there's something very, very specific I want to talk about and do a whole episode on. But yeah, thank you so much for listening. If you like this, you know, follow us on all of the social media. Um, I have TikTok under Michael Pyre. I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a writer myself. I draw. I do other stuff like this, review books. So you can follow me on TikTok and we're going to be doing more spooky stuff there as well. Uh, also, uh, I do have a Twitter. Uh, Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it. Um, I have a lot of different stuff will be linked uh, in my bios. And again, thank you because without you guys, I couldn't see ghosts. So yeah, I shall see you next time and have a creepy and dark night. <laughs>
Bye.